Hello, and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the family and discipleship pastor at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Pastor Anthony Trussoni, the supported elder at Poland Baptist Church in Poland, Maine. All right. Good afternoon, Ben. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing okay. A little bit, a little bit sleepy, but uh, yeah, doing pretty well. You? Doing all right. So, you know, Maine has definitely been getting into cold season. But uh, cold weather seasons, and as well as really short days, because you know we're so far east that, uh, so far north and so far east that our days are kind of almost we're almost beyond Eastern time, but further we're so far north that the days are short during the winter and the fall. So, yeah, I remember in college I went to England and then to Scotland for the weekend during that trip, and uh, it was strange how late it got uh, dark there. I mean, just I think it was well past ten o'clock before the sun went down. Uh, and that was at that time of the year, but I just never experienced anything like that. Yeah, in the summers we get extremely long days. So, but I mean, we got I'm rather uh, so, but we've been had more long nights rather. But uh, it's been interesting. So okay. So anywho, so well the uh, you know with the longer nights. Uh, you know, if it wasn't so cold, I imagine a lot of people would be using this time to kind of sing around a campfire. Have you ever done that, sing around a campfire? Uh, a little bit. Okay. So. Kumbaya kind of thing. Yeah. What what kind of songs do you have? Would you sing if you sang around a campfire on a long night? I, I don't know, man. I, I'm not a good person to ask about uh, music and stuff. Um, I grew up riding around in the car with my dad listening to talk radio. I just thought that's what everybody did. So. <laughs> they do not know. <laughs> that's funny. So we are. Anyway, so, well, the for, you know, us, I don't do a lot of sing. You know, I used to play guitar in high school, but uh, I don't You're know that I could band, play. Right? Well, I'm sorry? Weren't you in a garage band? I was in a garage band, brother. So, But I don't know that I can play my acoustic guitar around a fire anymore. But I definitely can have opinions on music. So, Which might is really something we're going to talk about today in my very awkward intro. I'm not great at this, but it works, right? So, yeah, yeah. so I want to talk today about what music we select for our kids to sing as families as well as our church. Because I think... This is an important discussion that we can neglect to have. I think sometimes there can be an, almost an attitude where, you know, if music is quote-unquote Christian and it's, and it's got a good melody, it's therefore good. Is that a right perspective? Uh, I would challenge that at some point, yeah. Yeah. Anywho, so, but I, I want to ask you, so that we can kind of get into that, Ben, what are your kids' favorite Christian musicians? Honestly, probably the people that they hear at church, um, and not that our church, you know, writes and records our own music. Um, we're just not a super musical family, um, and so honestly, they probably couldn't even name a whole lot of people. I mean, they probably know a few people um, that that you know are musicians that people know of. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know if that's a bad thing or not but anyway they couldn't like list off all these people that are you know like oh i like this person's music and that person's music uh yeah i don't know bach yeah. 
Good enough. So, you know, the, the best answer that you mentioned, I was in a garage band. And so we had two names. And for one of the names, I am going to see if I either will be edited out or I'm going to see if I can do like the bleep thing because I was not a Christian. And so the uh, so, you know, the proper answer would have been virus or. Oh, my goodness. That was okay. <laughs> So, no, I don't know about that, but yeah, so our kids uh, have definitely have favorite musicians. Uh, we're a little bit more into music. I'm, I'm not as much into music theory as my wife is, probably, uh, but, uh, you know, I enjoy music from time to time. But my kids' favorite stuff probably would include uh, the Grey Havens, if you know the Grey Havens. Uh, that uh, they're kind of independent Christian rock. Uh, they're they're good. I mean, they uh, gospel coalitionish, uh, and so my my our oldest really loves the Grey Havens, and then the Risers as well. Sovereign Grace Music Kids music uh, are really popular. So, but I would suspect my youngest would actually say the Gettys, especially the kids Getty songs. Like I, I don't know if you've heard some of the albums where they have the kind of the kids sing it. So. Yeah, so actually when our kids were younger, we did more listening. And I think, I mean, my kids spend more time in the car with my wife than they do with me. And so I know they'll listen to like a local Christian radio station, um, but not even all the time. And we used to listen to CDs like Sovereign Grace um, and uh, some of those. And and the kids did enjoy those. We used to listen to a lot of Seeds as well, especially as they were going to bed. Um, Just over time, just, yeah not listen to as much music in general and now i mean some of the older ones they they're they like a particular artist who's not uh christian and you know we monitor which songs maybe listen to and it's not just a a constant kind of thing but um yeah i think just maybe you guys do more music in general apart from maybe taylor swift man what do you suspect is the most sung christian music in households so i'm not necessarily saying that taylor swift is that <laughs> you know i would say that children's songs may actually be near the top of the list it's just more common uh, i think parents singing to young children um and so even like jesus loves me i i I know at least in our home we sang that song a whole lot like putting kids to bed or trying to get them go back to sleep during the middle of the night or you know that kind of thing um but also i think you probably have a, a pretty steady stream of stuff that's just popular in like you know the ccm recording industry um that that would be my guess but i don't know what do you think yeah, I think generally, for the most part, it's going to be whatever's on the radio, Christian radio, or the most sung Christian music, uh, I'm sorry, or the top of the Spotify playlist for CCM. So, you know, a lot of people, they're Spotify mm-hmm. or whatever, and I think it's often going to be those top charting things. But yeah, I do think that probably some of the old kid songs are up there, but, you know, it's I mean, the amount of... The amount of uh, people that listen to CCM radio station is often surprising, even in very liberal areas like we're at. So, but hmm. uh, you know, I'm sure the clear majority would include uh, among modern musicians would include probably the likes of Hillsong, Elevation, and Bethel. I mean, I know uh, even recently there was a uh, analysis that showed I think that of the top ten. Uh, songs and Christian radio at one point in the past couple of years, I think every single one of them was Hillsong, Elevation, Bethel, or one of their subsidiaries. So. Hmm. I'm not surprised. I guess 
realizing the the reach. So yeah, because like Jesus, I think Jesus culture is Bethel as well, or it's one of them. So, but yeah, Jesus culture isn't its own thing, for example. So, but okay. Now, is Christian music equally beneficial for young people? Well, I don't think it's all created equal, um, and I think I'll come back to this, but. It's, it's sort of like with books, Christian books. They, they may have God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit or Bible or mention some Bible verses. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's the most sound or helpful resource. And so, I mean, it can be that way with music. I, and I do want to say, I used to listen to more contemporary Christian music. I've never been a huge listener to music. Like I said, I you know, rode around listening to talk radio and just thought, well, of course, that's what everybody likes to do. So... Um, I was in high school before I really was like choosing to listen to music on my own, um, and I was driving, and I did that sometimes, um, but not always. And so then in high school and into college, I um, often would just have silence, and I would either just kind of zone out, or sometimes I would pray. I've used it for like working on scripture memory, you know. So I, and I listen to podcasts and things uh, as well. Um, but I, like, if I were given the choice of you know listen to music and you listen to a podcast, I'd pick the podcast almost every time, almost yeah. every not every single time, but um, like if I'm working out, even some people like I, I got to have some music to pet me up. Like, nah, I just I just enjoy it. So, um, but anyway, music um, and, and music is not all created equal. Yeah, people, you can listen to TFM when you work out. So yeah, <laughs> yes, you will get get pumped that way. By the way, I, I have uh, listeners. I have a theory that uh, Ben is hiding that he's secretly a ha- uh, massive hair band fan. So you know, of all those you know, eighties and seventies hair bands. Yeah, singing uh, falsetto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I mean, I would say, and not all Christian music, quote unquote, is frankly even Christian at all. I mean, there. I remember there was a song on a Christian radio several years ago uh, that uh, that basically said that you know Jesus's death for us shows us shows us how worthy, even morally worthy, that we are. Because why would he die for us if you know we if we weren't something worth dying for or something like that? Uh, and and like that's not even Christianity. And uh, the but further, I mean, I I think there was a couple of years ago as well. There was I mean a Christian artist. Uh, did a cover version of a song that was popular on secular radio in the 90s from a 90s alternate rock band. It literally was just a cover of it. So I, not all of it really is even at all Christian. Uh, but I, I think even uh, some of the beneficial music that can be around, as there's a lot of beneficial Christian music that... Um, I think at times some beneficial music can be less beneficial uh, to that to some young people. For example, certain hymns. I think hymns are great, but honestly, I think there are some h- very old hymns that probably are less beneficial to play with a one with a one year old than some really solid like Getty's version, kids' versions of hymns. You know. Yeah, and I mean, just because something was written long ago doesn't mean that it's it's really good i mean i remember and i like i really appreciate hymns as well but i remember when we were in college uh we sang some hymn and i grew up with hymns in church um and we were singing some hymn i had never heard of and it was so i was just as that we were going through it i turned to tiffany my wife and i whispered i said what are we even saying i, I mean i don't even remember what it was about but it was just it was lousy um 
And so, I mean, there are new songs that are great. There's new songs that are lousy. And the same thing can go for old songs. Yeah. So, but uh, that is interesting. I, I, I have to say, even as a, as a relatively young Christian, when I was probably 19 or 20, I remember being embarrassed because of hymns, because uh, I did not grow up uh, on hymns, and nor were they part of my faith early in my Christian walk. And I remember when I was at college, I went to I went with a friend to a liberal Methodist church, and in like Sunday school hour, they I was the guest, and so they asked me. A bunch of older folks asked me, uh, "What you know that what's my favorite hymn so that we can sing my favorite hymn together?" And I'm like. I, I don't like, know. To hell with the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that I, I think I asked, is Amazing Grace to him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I grew up independent Baptist, and so we, we sang our hymns, but um, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. So now, uh, the how, how are family music choices, theological or biblical concerns, Ben? Well... You know, we're not just reciting poetry together or just reciting Bible verses. Now, I know there are some denominations, uh, like Rosaria Butterfield's denomination. I think they only sing the Psalms. Uh, you know, they're put to music, but they only sing the Psalms. Most people, though, that's not the, the case. And so you're getting into issues of what is true, what is beautiful, why is it beautiful, um, and, and some other considerations, too. I guess we're training um, as we listen to music as a family uh, or allow music to be listened to, we are framing some of, of, I guess, how we respond to God. And I've heard some helpful discussion on this that you see this in particular of a lot of contemporary, like popular worship music, um, that there's a lot of, you know, I will do this, I mm-hmm. will do that. Um, and and there, there's a level of that that's appropriate. There's some places in the Psalms where it's, I will declare your praise, you know, but a lot of it, uh, of the Psalms in particular, um, which I think we should, they help us know how to worship uh, the Lord with music, they just state things about God. You are this, you have done that. And it's not as so much like, this is what I will do, uh, because I might falter, I might not get this right. And so, um, yeah, cultivating some humility in that and putting the focus on God and not just my response to God. Uh, so those are some thoughts that come to mind, but um, what are you thinking? Yeah. I think it's important to note that songs really are, are always a product of the writer's doctrine. Uh, you know, and that doesn't mean that uh, they're always going to mean that and the nitpicky details, you know, I mean, I think sometimes it can be uh, there is an indelible grace. I think no Matthew Smith does a hymn uh, does kind of remodernation modern version of my Lord. I did not choose you. And that is very, very clearly theological <laughs> and expressing his theological views. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think that's it really is the case for all. I mean, you, we, we're not just seeing in what people sing about or write songs about, but the emphasis given within songs and the things that we sing about the most, I think, is a way of revealing theology. Um, you know, even we see, for example, Charles Wesley. You know, Charles Wesley, I think, is a great hymn writer of the Christian faith. Uh, and uh, But yet, you know, his, his theology 
uh, which is accepted in a lot of ways, but his theology is influenced in some of his songs. I mean, uh, I know a lot of Reformed churches that sing and can it be, and which is a great hymn in so many ways, but it, it's pretty explicit in revealing his specific theology. Uh, and I think, in addition, some sung, songs that are sung in a Christian home are explicitly unbiblical. And that's, I think, where uh, that it can definitively gone into, you know, that uh, into being biblical and to biblical and theological concerns. I, all, all of this really navigates the truth and how we're going to lay a claim on biblical and theological faithfulness. I, I even think of with kids' music, I remember a, a curriculum that our church was going to do at a church I was at before that I kind of had to can. Uh, you know, it had, uh, it encouraged all the kids to sing, I that I am the good neighbor. I am the good neighbor. The good neighbor. Basically, the good neighbor's about me. And I, I don't know that that's the right reading <laughs> of that text. So it's <laughs> a biblical issue. So <laughs> now, now, what might be the dangers of treating all supposedly Christian music as equal? Well, it can lead to some confusion, doctrinal confusion. Uh, and just how we teach kids to think about God, or depending on, on what kind of music we may select or allow to be played, um, some confusion as to what is primary there and, and the, this overemphasis on emotions. I mean, like we want to engage God with our emotions. The Psalms are full of that. Um, but we don't want just our kids to know how they should feel about God. But to know, because, you know, I mean, Paul talks about this in uh, various places in the New Testament, like Colossians 3, uh, that, that as we sing, we are, like Colossians 3.16, to let the word of Christ dwell richly among us um, with all wisdom. And we use psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs um, as we do that. And so as we sing together as a church, and again, if, if you're we'll talk about this later, but if, if you're Listening to some of those songs in your home, um, that is a way of instructing one another in the truth about God. And so you don't want it to be um, – if you're relying on things that are simply popular, then it can lead to some shallowness or a weakened view of God mm -hmm. uh, or kind of just mushy um, and, uh, you know, just like I said with books earlier, not all books are going to be equally valuable. There's also some books out there that may be – they have incredible content that if you were to grapple with it, it really would be good for you. But most people just can't grapple with it because it, yeah. it, they don't have the tools to do it, and, and that's okay. Uh, and I think – I mean honestly, some hymns, depending on their – when they were written and the, the grammar and the syntax, sometimes they're just inaccessible for modern English speakers. Um, I mean it's – they might as well be singing it in another language because it, it's just so dense. Um, so anyway, I mean saying that, oh, well, just because so-and-so wrote it and it's old and so-and-so – that we respect saying this, it doesn't translate always to like it's going to have the same kind of benefit in your life, it, it, you know. Um, so, I, yeah, those are some things I think that that you ought to be aware of. I think I'd add here that uh, if we treat all supposedly Christian music as equal, what we will certainly do is we will expose uh, and even fund dangerous ministries. And no, I think that's true. that is very, very much noteworthy. I mean, people like to talk about, for example, how how little money artists get from Spotify, but they do get some, and they also get it from radio playtime. 
and you know there are there are ministries that that Christians most Christians that we know would say is basically heretical that are in fact getting money from the way that Christians engage with those ministries to continue going on. And I, I, mean, I know, for example, one uh, ministry out of Australia that's known most for its music, the teaching has been accessed almost entirely through people getting into the music and then following through on their teachings. Uh, and further, that almost all of the money front in the organization is, but is because of the music. And that has, and that has caused well, a situation where, by the way, this ministry has had its leaders fall from moral failure, but they've lost almost no resources despite losing members because of all the money from the music that keeps pumping in. So what were you huh. going to say? Yeah, that, that's a legitimate uh, thing as well. I think um, that, yeah, it can be enriching to <laughs> false teachers. Yeah, so, uh, but, you know, further, I, I think it can teach worship uh, is really about being caught up in an emotional uh, manipulation moment. So, you know, the reality is that when you don't make a distinction, what you probably will end up doing is is making a distinction in your reaction to the, the types of, you know, notes played at certain points in music and you'll get wrapped up in that and it will become worship is more about an emotional manipulative experience more about kind of tugging at your heartstrings through certain uh, guitar chords than it's about really honoring and glorifying god and i think this can happen especially among young people I, I think a demonstration of how it can be dangerous if we don't make a distinction actually came uh that uh relatively recently i heard to two uh two men having a discussion one of them was a pastor and the other and was very involved in this church and uh both of them were were just extolling how wonderful uh a certain quote-unquote christian band is that i think is pretty dangerous and they were sitting when they were saying how wonderful they are they were saying that uh you know it's just amazing when you listen to them it's like right on the third verse right as the bridge comes in and the third verse comes on it, that the spirit always shows up in those songs and you can just really feel it and and that you know again I mean, that's indicative of something because effectively what has happened from the lack of discernment has what really is just a, a specific, a emotionally manipulative design of, of picking notes in the song has become the Holy Spirit's movement. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good point. Uh, there is something like people who are good at composing melodies and stuff, they understand how to arrange sound in time with with certain uh it can have certain effects on us and god created us that way so i think there's a, a balance between recognizing that and using it as a weapon that's not when the holy spirit shows up though <laughs> no, no 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 i get that but i mean just realize like god has made us to respond in certain ways yeah i mean you, people can have emotional responses to music with no words um yeah and so um yeah i what do we do with that wisely as opposed to, yeah, just, uh, okay, this is like the Holy Spirit's, you know, his, his entrance cue. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's getting hyped up in the back. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's like, all right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, who impacts what music, especially Christian music that kids like then? I guess when they're really young, their parents, um, with time, they begin to develop their own taste and interests, and so friends play into that. I think 
people at church, whether what's sung at church or what is being listened to by other people. And it can just, depending on how they're accessing music, it can just be algorithms. Yeah. So <laughs> that's true. So Jeff Bezos is doing it so, for him, right? <laughs> <laughs> Amazon music. Math is doing <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i'd put parents their friends frankly a dj and a christian radio station that probably doesn't have a theology degree uh and their church uh but uh you know i i think sometimes actually it can be other sources uh that uh you know i for example that i have actually used christian biblical counseling i'm a biblical counselor now and I've been a biblical counselor, but now I'm a certified one. And sometimes that has been actually a source that people get access to good, uh, really heart-helping, encouraging music that, that is going to reinforce truth in their faith. So, mm. Now, how do Christian families show discernment in Christian music choices? How can they do that? I think you want to listen, and this can be with other kinds of media that you take in, whether it's... Uh, you know, watching stuff, videos, books, uh, but do it reflectively and ask, okay, is it telling me things that are true? And I know, I mean, it, it can be easy to find plenty of, of errors in sort of what's popular in Christian music, and, and it's out there, so I'm not denying it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I read an article one time by Trevin Wax. You, you know who that is, right? Yeah. He was uh, an editor for Gospel so Ocean, right? Uh, yeah, he's got a blog for oh, Gospel Coalition, yeah. and it, he so did Lifeway. a lot of stuff with Lifeway. Sure. Got yeah, pretty so. high up with like Bible publishing and stuff. And then he's does something with helping to resource church planners and stuff for uh, the North American Mission Board now. Um, this, I mean, he he is a, a trained theologian, and uh, he said he, he did an exercise where for like an hour, I think it was, he listened to contemporary Christian music. And he said, yeah, there was some stuff that wasn't very good. He said, but here's some things I learned about what God is like. And he listed out, and, you know, there was a lot of things that were true and good. And so I don't want to just harp on, you know, uh, it's all bad, but you do want to listen with discernment uh, and think, okay, is that accurate? Or is that, is that kind of squishy? Uh, um, just asking good questions of it and not just going into neutral as, as you uh, listen. I think also don't just let Jeff Bezos or whoever else let the the math uh, formulas determine what you listen to all the time. Um, you know, be a little more selective, and um, th those are some things that can help that that you're doing it with a uh, a mind engaged as opposed to just you know waiting for the the third verse and the bridge and the Holy Spirit to enter. So yeah, so yeah, that's good. You know, I don't want to give. Hard and fast rules, uh, rules, especially when it's not at, at church here. You know, I, I think actually probably there's an argument for making greater discernment decisions for what's sung at church than there is for what's sung at home. Would you agree with that at all, Ben? I do. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think in some ways what's sung at church is more of an endorsement than necessarily what can kind of be on repeat at the, in the house. And I think we all know that to a degree because, you know, so many of us, I mean— I like I listen to Bob Dylan at home all the time, and I think that you would question me if I start uh, belting out some uh, Bob Dylan, you know, singing a hurricane at uh, church. Right? So, uh, but, no, I know someone though who uh, they went to this like biker church or something uh, in rural Tennessee, and they they started off the service and like, all right, we're gonna play some Rod Stewart for y'all. Okay. <laughs> 
Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I want to be careful there because especially a lot of these are, are matters where even if you disagree with someone on on first tier, like essentials, the gospel issues, I mean, that I, I disagree with a lot of, I disagree with people that make hamburgers from me, <laughs> you know, I'll eat a hamburger <laughs> from. And so that, but that doesn't mean music and hamburgers are the same, of course. But uh, I think that if we do listen to music broadly, we should talk about the inevitable bad doctrines and music that they hear. Uh, and I think that's especially, unfortunately, going to be the case in that explicit bad doctrines you're going to find sometimes in Christian music. Uh, and, you know, also in popular music as well. I mean, we were talking about one aspect in which that comes in. We see kind of a narcissism in a lot of popular music. And so we need to talk about uh, wrong and unbiblical teachings in any kind of music that our kids hear. And I think if we're not willing to do that, then maybe we need to be a little more selective. But we should do that nonetheless. I would consider shutting the door uh, possibly, I, I would just personally consider shutting the door in my household to heretical ministries a bit more consistently. So, I mean, to be frank on our household that, you know, we don't, you know, we really, we really try to be selective more than most families, more than I would really require anyone be. Uh, and, you know, we, we, we just don't want our, I mean, I, I think Bethel, for example, is explicitly heretical. I think that they're teaching another gospel. And so I, I just don't, I don't want our kids to get excited about Bethel music because I think it's just something that's not going to be beneficial for their soul, especially even if the song's great. I think there's a real chance that 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 will influence what kind of church they look to and it will influence what the legitimacy they see on those kinds of teachings. So. Mm-hmm. Now, how can churches help young people value sound and biblically informed music? Well, you just talked about, you know, the family setting versus the gathered church setting. And I think here that does come into play that it's not just, hey, man, that's a good song. Man, that man, that, that bridge is really kicking or, or whatever. Um, but you're careful about the songs that are being selected and, and who's selecting them and what kind of input they're getting or accountability or however that works. Cause it's going to be different in, in different kinds of churches um, as far as who is responsible for that part of it. Um, it can be also helpful for whoever is leading the service or leading the singing portion of it to sort of teach as you go, um, try to connect dots for people, explain why you're singing a certain song or this is um, from uh, a certain passage of scripture. I've done that a number of times, and we don't really have a, a service leader, someone who's sort of leading each the, the whole thing. Um, but often, the way we our our service is structured, you know, we have a time of, of praise through singing, and then uh, one of the pastors gets up to read the passage of scripture uh, and to pray. And sometimes it's been that either the, the immediately preceding song or just that we've sung a song that was based off of a passage of Scripture, um, point out, you, you may not know this, but this is where this comes from. Um, yeah, and so helping people say, oh, like, oh, this is in the Bible. And so, yeah, just trying to connect those dots. Um, if you can select things that kind of supplement the message that's being preached, uh, the themes that are in that passage or uh, that kind of thing. And I mean, some churches have kids' choirs, some don't. Uh, you know, but that can be something too. Being careful about choose what songs you're having the kids sing and, and what they say, what they don't say, or we assuming that they're all Christians and uh, all of that. So I think those are just different areas to, to be thinking about. Yeah, that's good. 
I mean, I would add, I think it's wise to be careful, not just about what's sung in, in the service, you know. I, I think a lot of churches, it's not uncommon to have, you know, music playing softly, the, you know, from a Spotify playlist before the service or something like that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I did that with youth ministry. Uh, but be careful what songs that that are really utilized at your church and what, what music ministries are endorsed or not endorsed. Um, I also would agree with you in that, you know, you mentioned, you know, the worship leaders mentioning where something comes from in the Bible. And I think we should have more scripture-based music. I'm not, you know, a psalm-only guy at all. I think it's actually hard to consistently hold to that because even, you know, I, I've heard, I, I love Rosario Barterfield's writing, but I've heard some of the stuff that, some of the Psalms, quote unquote, that, you know, she loves singing. And, and at best, it's a paraphrase at times. And mm. that's okay, but it's not as okay if you're going to draw that strict line. <laughs> the, uh, it's just more the message than like the yeah, New American Yeah, Not even that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think in general we should introduce more scripture-based music. We don't have to say that we're singing a psalm when we can base. I mean, like Martin Luther's song from the depths of woe. I mean, that's rude. I don't remember what psalm it is off the top of my head, but it's that's a paraphrase of a psalm, and uh, or other passages where you're incorporating scripture into what you sing. I think can be a helpful way to help our help young people value biblical teaching, uh, even through the music ministry of the church. Uh, and for, lastly, I'd say I think churches can advertise and even give out uh, some great family Christian music. So you know we've talked about Seeds Family Worship before. I think it could be great for a church around the holidays, perhaps, to give, you know, give away one of their CDs. I think they're a great resource. Or to, you know, promote in the children's ministry something like Sovereign Grace Music and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. And, like, I know before our uh, midweek kind of thing, and I, I, know, I know our student ministry plays music as well, and I'm not sure um, all of, of what is on that playlist, Um but I'm just the one that usually is hitting play for the kids. And so I, there's a uh, different playlist I've found from sources that I trust. And every, I mean, there's a few in there that's like, well, I, I, the song itself is okay. And it's not like the kids always know who the, the recording artist is. So I should be a little bit more careful about that. But uh, often I will have it play through an album, not just uh, – a mix um, from different sources or, you know, just let the algorithms and Jeff Bezos or whoever else, uh, uh, it Spotify is like in Denmark or something. Isn't it? It's some foreign company. I don't know. <laughs> I, some people got, I've read some stuff about it, but anyway. Um, you so get, yeah, that's something we try. They should give you a free Danish every year if that's the case, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the, is there, should there be a connection between what we sing in the car and, and what we sing in the worship service though? I think it can be something helpful to help them internalize it better. Um, like, and I, I like to observe my kids from time. I like to look around a lot while we're singing at church. Just, I, I just these are the people I'm living the Christian life with, and uh, you know, sometimes it's very encouraging. You see an older person singing, um, and it's clearly not a song that they would know. Like that, they're probably not listening to it on their Spotify app. Um, but they're trying to sing along and also seeing younger people sing an older hymn that we're doing. Um, I find that encouraging in it. So, and I've told people before, like if I'm looking around, it's not cause I'm bored or something. I, yeah. I just like to see, you know, what people are doing in the service. And I, I try to take a peek at my kids. And um, I noticed uh, my son 
who's he can read some like you know like simple stuff um but he certainly can't read all the words on the screen um and i noticed that he was singing i was like okay so he he's picked up this song because we've sung it enough um and so and i'm not sure if it's just from a church or if, if it's been when he's riding around with his mom or or what um but i uh, i think it can be now should that's maybe strong but hey it's helpful yeah, yeah. so uh I, I think it can be wise i would agree to make a connection uh, you know i believe this does help them sing and the most important the most important time that we sing in this life is when we sing together in church i'm going to be bold in saying that i, I think it's biblical to argue that that the most important times we sing is when we sing together as the gathered mm-hmm. people of god and so you know to, to make that go most smoothly is very much a good idea especially for non-readers like you said uh and i think because of that churches can do a lot to help you know we uh are that one of the other elders always sends out a, a song list to the congregation a youtube uh, that some YouTube links usually to help families be able to prepare, and I don't I don't listen to as much as I need to. I, I we would do better to listen to it more often as a household. But you know, you can really probably do all kinds of things as a family or even as church leaders to help families bridge into their home what they're going to be singing to build that kind of attitude of worship. Uh, you know, in the age of Spotify, I know for example that the worship leader at my church and and at seminary i mean he would have um he would he would create a spotify playlist for every worship service and he would send that out to the congregation and then he had kind of one that that accumulatively had all of the songs that they would sing uh, in general throughout the year and that families could kind of have them on repeat in the car even when they weren't preparing for that so that they're familiar with this music so now i I, it's hard to imagine how they're able to get those playlists updated enough because you know i imagine it must have taken a lot of time to get their song requests mailed over to denmark and snail mail though but you know those danes are efficient yeah i guess so do all Christians need to agree on where we draw lines on unhelpful Christian music? No, I mean, I, I think when you're getting into the talking about heresy, well, yes, we, we should draw those clear lines. But I think in a lot of cases, you're talking about wisdom. Or it's like, oh, is that the best way we can say that? Or that's eh, kind of squishy. It's not wrong, but it's eh, kind of squishy. And, and so you just you won't. Um, and I don't think it's something to get all up in arms about, but but you are responsible for what's happening at your house with your own children. And so, and again, if your church is singing songs that are just outright heretical, you should talk to the leadership about it. That's probably not going to be the case in most situations, though. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Yeah, I would agree with you that we we should inherently draw different lines here. And we should even triage how we react to this mm-hmm. because, you know, that even even the degree of which we accept something as good, I think should be understood through theological triage here. And everyone's going to have to make different distinctions. I, I think 
And and I think we should respect one another one when we do take make a firmer line than the other, uh, and yet do so with respect. But also, we should respect one another when we do feel like we're helping our family navigate these teachings, but we're not throwing the baby out the bathwater. I, I I think we can have disagreements within a church on these kind of issues. I mean, I think a, a specific example, honestly, that you know, I remember actually com- being part of a conversation with. Two friends where one friend was arguing against ever singing this song that uh, were a, a Christian song that has a line, he, you didn't want heaven without us. And, uh, and one Christian friend was arguing, well, that's really dangerous because it suggests that basically God is needy and that God is lonely and it denies really attributes of God by doing that. And another one was, well, you know, liter- argued, well, that, you know, regardless of what the opinion of the writer was, which probably was less than ideal there, uh, the, you know, technically that's true. God did not want to keep heaven without us. He chose to send Jesus down. I mean, even if God's not needy, God did that. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, and I think even there, that's an example where I think really both sides were were arguing that trying to navigate from conscience, and, and I, I think we were showing real respect for one another. Uh, you know, even with songs that we disagree with, you know, I mentioned Bethel overtly. I'm not hesitant to mention Bethel overtly. I think they're very dangerous. Uh, but, you know, another very popular one, Christian band is Hillsong. Very, very popular. And I frankly, I think the discussion on Hillsong, whether we sing Hillsong music and whether we sing Bethel music are two entirely different discussions. Yeah, I mean, Hillsong, even though you may not like everything about their church, they are more theologically orthodox yeah. than uh, in the Christian tradition. I mean, Bethel is sort of charismatic extreme and, you know, um, so... Yeah. So, and, and so, and I think to me that just demonstrates where, and, and I'll admit for myself, I can easily just default to that, you know, I'm just going to listen to Matt Boswell, the Gettys, and, you know, and Del Grace all the time. But uh, <laughs> I don't think we have to go to that far. I don't think it's wrong to do that, but I don't think we have to go to those extremes. Uh, yeah. And I, there can be, uh... A mentality, I guess, among some, it's just sort of like these are the approved. It's almost like you know the King James (laughs) of singing or something. It's like the Gettys, maybe maybe City Light. Yeah, these just select few, and then the rest of them, they're probably heretics. I don't know, but probably so. (laughs) But uh, so, how do we explain the dangers of certain Christian songs? or certain Christian musicians, the young people. Since this is an audio-only podcast, I'm putting those in air quotes. Um, I think that can be tricky. You, you don't want to come across um, overly fastidious and, I don't know, snobbish. But I know I remember having a conversation with my oldest child when we still lived in Kentucky. And so I mean, she, we moved away when she was four and a half. And I remember riding around... And there was a church. I don't even remember how it came up. Maybe I made some comment that was less than helpful. But there was a church that we passed by that I would never tell anyone to go to. And I use the word church with, you know, air quotes because – you know, you could explain it this way to your kid. Like, there are some places that they have church on the sign or on the building, but that doesn't mean that it's a church that we would want people to be a part of. Yeah. 
Um, you know, they may call themselves that, but um, I think that's the simplest way I can think of it. And so, yeah, just because it mentions Jesus or it mentions something about uh, this related to God or it mentions a Bible verse, that doesn't mean that, I mean, that it's all just great and just the same as, as something that's really good. And so I think that's what I would start with people that were really young. As they're older, yet yeah, you can flesh that out a little bit more and maybe give some examples, um, and kind of making ties to, I mean, if you've had Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons come or um, other people who hold to, you know, aberrant teaching, heretical teaching, um, that just because God gets mentioned in the mix does not mean that, that it's all the same. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would agree with uh, much of that. I, I would add that we acknowledge, we should acknowledge the good parts of what they like. Even, you know, mm-hmm. if our kid comes home and they're singing on repeat because they were at a Christian friend's house, something that we are not going to endorse, I, I think it's it's wise to acknowledge why they like it. Even if we're going to disagree with something, even if we're going to encourage restricting something, uh, I think that's a good place to start. Uh, but I, I think we can help them by taking them to the passages that some of these things contradict because there are songs that get sung on popular radio that uh, contradict explicit Bible teachings. Uh, and also, you know, I, I think that it can be wise as they get older to show them examples of the evils of the ministry. You know, I, I think there, Bethel, for example, there are some horrible things that have happened in that ministry including you know that giving a giving a family false hope that their child is going to get resurrected through some really weird theology and i think we i think young people especially teens should be exposed to those reality that you know this is this is the product this is the theological origin of this kind of stuff but Mm -hmm. uh, and then lastly i would say that we should show them that uh, there are other groups that might accomplish some of what they like, you know, some of this kind of feel without having to make those compromises. And so, actually, I think that's why, part of why uh, I've seen City of Light has become so popular lately in some circles. And I think, in part, they do a lot of that same style of music that, that some less than orthodox groups do, but they do it in a way that I think is helpful. And so I think introducing some good stuff can be helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Good so, advice. Now, what are some consistently good sources for family worship or family commute music? Uh, well, different groups out there, different ministries, and I've seen this just for an example, not to say that they're the only reliable source, but just they are a, a reliable source. Um, I've seen playlists put out by the Gospel Coalition. Um, but there are others who might do that on, say, Spotify and other popular streaming services. Um, and, I mean, you could old, go old school and just, like, get an album um, yeah. or, or a CD or whatever, <laughs> do, do it digitally. Um, I mean, my cars still have a CD player in them. But um, that can be a, a way of doing it. But, I mean, we just – a lot of people are streaming stuff. Uh, I do personally like City Light, City Alight. Yeah, um, me too. And uh, – and we sing some of theirs here in our church, uh, and uh, the Gettys are good. Now, not everybody. Some people they don't like their style as much. They feel it's a little bit older. Um, I mean, we're not talking like Lawrence Welk, you know, age kind of stuff. Um, but as far as like younger people, and you talked about the feel of City of Light, um, so they, they are probably a more theologically rich. Uh, 
offering from Australia if you want to go, you know, down under. Um, though I, I will say, and I'm not a, a fan of uh, what's what's the one Hillsong. Um, it was like City on a Hill, um, Hillsong. Though there are some songs from Hillsong that I do appreciate mm-hmm. and, and I, I like a, a good bit. But on the whole, I'm, I'm not like a woo Hillsong. Um, they can be good. I know you like Indelible Grace. I've really listened to them very little. Um, I've listened some to Sandra McCracken a little bit. Yeah, Sandra uh, McCracken's great. She's a very good songwriter. Um, her style may not is pretty folksy, so everybody may not like that. Um, yeah. uh, huh? The Bob Dylan fan here is smiling. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's not quite. I'm, I'm overstating this, but it's like asking a, a vegetarian, like, so what are good steakhouses in your area? Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's not quite that much, but yeah. So I, I think sometimes, though, if you find people who have curated playlists and they've kind of evaluated um, those kinds of things, that can be helpful. But uh, what, what about you, uh, yeah. Mr. Garage Band <laughs> Punk Rocker? <laughs> Yeah, so I'm thinking uh, often more uh, family-based ones. I, I think uh, Seeds Family Worship, again, we've mentioned there repeatedly. It's just such a great resource for mm-hmm. learning songs. Yeah, and, like Seeds. You know, and so the I think it's really helpful. I, I used to probably would have endorsed more uh, as alongside them, the Risers, but probably they don't really make as much music anymore because Mars Hill. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, you know, other reasons. They, so, we've so. played that at church for the kids before, and it's, and it's very upbeat and peppy. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, and there's no screaming pastor uh, that's screaming about throwing <laughs> under the bus during the background of the music. <laughs> screaming so. and cussing at you. <laughs> yeah, so. uh, I think Sovereign Grace Music, I mean, I that's, Sovereign Grace Music is charismatic, and so, you know, so you don't have to be dangerous and be charismatic uh, if you're charismatic. That's true. So. And they've had their own other stuff, not quite like uh, like Driscoll, but yeah. I will say they have consistently put out very good music that's yeah. theologically rich, but also good musically, I felt like. Yeah, we – and family worship, we – like every other night in October, we we sing Reformation song by uh, Seven Grace Music, but uh, and then Slugs and Bugs is a great mm. resource as well. Uh, Randall Goodgame, I think, is the name, or and Andrew Peterson helps with that. Uh, that's a great resource, even great kids show. Uh, and then, I mean, the Getty Kids stuff, I think, is fantastic, just for some things. But uh, we're not capping off how much, you know, if a good Christian songwriter comes along, we're not going to say you're not allowed to be added. Uh, there is no uh, there is no akin to uh, the end of Revelation for Christian music. <laughs> no, no, thankfully not. We can still sing a new song to the Lord. And I think it's a good sign that new people come and they've experienced God's grace and they're expressing that and helping a new generation to sing but i mean because we're not it's not like we're singing the songs that the apostles sang um or with the same you know melodies that that people in the church at rome or the church at antioch were singing you know in AD 50 um and i think it's okay um so yeah so anyway well it's a it's a good discussion then and uh you know we uh, that uh, listeners are welcome to uh, work out to some of our podcasts or if you want to you can listen to any of the music that we've recommended or we have no input on really what music you listen to I assume, <laughs> listen yes. to the hair bands if you want to yeah they get listen to uh, Petra or something. <laughs> all right it's good discussion brother thank you for joining us for this episode of the theological family ministry podcast 
If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday.